When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Sometimes it's the normal, sometimes it's the abnormal, sometimes it's the paranormal, but it's always beyond reality. Welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. Thanks for joining me tonight. Bigfoot, Sasquatch or various creatures that are very, very similar. Are they flesh and blood? Are they interdimensional? Or could they be some type of alien life form? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Our guest, Ronald Meyer, is a filmmaker and an author, and he's got a new book out. It's called Bigfoot Singularity. And he says that Bigfoot are actually alien creatures with paraphysical and paranormal capabilities. This will be an interesting discussion. We'll, of course, take your phone calls in the second hour of the show at 844-687-7669. Looking forward to this discussion. I mean, questions like, why haven't we found a carcass? You know, if they're flesh and blood, they have to die, right? Why haven't we found a corpse? Why haven't we found bones, a skeleton? Why haven't we found scat? Why haven't we found hair that has enough DNA on it to prove that it's a species that it's not recorded? These are all very, very valid questions. But yet people are seeing a creature that they describe, as we've heard the descriptions of Bigfoot, all over the world. Very heavily concentrated in certain places, particularly particularly in the United, United States. It's very, very common. These these are very, very often sighted creatures, yet getting real evidence is has been nearly impossible. We have some video footage. It's very controversial. We have cast impressions of footprints, which are very controversial. And we have people that swear that they've seen these creatures up close and personal, yet no photographs. Uh, this is going to be a good discussion with uh, Ronald Meyer tonight. He, again, is a filmmaker and an author, and his book is called Big, Bigfoot Singularity. Just looking ahead, we've got uh, some really great shows coming up. Tomorrow night, Greg Doyle will be with us. He's also an author, but he's an astral traveler. He'll tell us how to separate our astral bodies from our physical bodies in order to explore the universe. We've heard other people talk about this. It sets you free. It allows you to go places that you can't physically travel to. And then, of course, Friday is a best of show. And then Monday night, very, very excited for this one. D. Wallace. You know D. Wallace as the mom from the movie E.T. I think that was one of the most successful films of all time, right? Plus, it's an alien connection. It's probably how most people are, are introduced to aliens through a film like E.T. She was also in Cujo. She's been in 250 or so movies and uh, television shows. A very, very accomplished actress. But she's also a healer and an author. And she'll introduce us to conscious creation on Monday night and how to live a better life. I'm really excited. Dia's a good friend, and I'm anxious to have this conversation with her. I had no idea she did this. I've known her through, you know, Scaricon and her work in horror films. Had no idea this was another part of her life. So I'm excited to talk to her about that. Tuesday night, Susan Plunkett will be here. Susan is a writer and a psychologist and author of a new book called Mission from Venus. We'll be talking about ETs, interstellar wanderers, twin flames, and the fifth dimension. That's all with Susan Plunkett on Tuesday night's program. In the meantime, go to YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you get the latest, whether it's live streaming of the show or it's bonus content that we upload. Plus, there's about 400 back episodes of Beyond Reality Radio on the YouTube channel that are all there for free. Just go listen, watch. 
you don't even have to watch. It's the, the watching is actually kind of dull, <laughs> but but the audio is what's important. What you hear is what's important. So go to YouTube, search for JV Johnson, subscribe to the channel, please. We want you there. We want you to be part of our community there because that's also where our chat room is hosted. And our chat room is very, very active during the live broadcasts. So if you get a chance to join us in the chat room and you're able to watch the live stream, we'd love to have you as part of it. It's it's a lot of fun. Also, if you're listening to the show as a downloaded podcast, please share it with your friends. Let people know that Beyond Reality Radio is also available as a downloaded show that usually gets posted, I don't know, um, late morning, the day following the program. That's about when our, our engineers can get it up on the system. But uh, it's a great way to listen to the show, if you, especially if you can't stay up late at night, because this is, for some people, late. I understand that. Either way, we don't care how you listen or how you watch, as long as you join us. And also, uh, like us on Facebook, Beyond Reality Radio, and my page, JV Johnson. So there, I've said all the things I need to say that I do every night. Thank you for being here. We're going to be talking with Ronald Meyer about Bigfoot. That's coming up right here on Beyond Reality Radio. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a Shark and Save. Tonight we're talking with Ron Meyer. Ron is a filmmaker and an author. He is the author of a new book called Bigfoot Singularity. Ron, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Great to have you here. I'm excited about this discussion. Good to be here. So, uh, it's a beautiful day in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, it may be a beautiful day in the Rocky Mountains. Are you getting the cold that we're getting here out east? Uh, would you consider 70 degrees cold? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I, I, you know, the funny thing is, I think last night here in Cooperstown, New York, it was seven degrees. So one tenth of what you've got there. Well, um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm living in the wrong place. Yeah, we're just on the edge of that big polar vortex dropping down. So yeah, yeah cr- quite nice here. Yeah, crazy uh, temperatures, and we had three or four inches of snow last night. It's not even thanksgiving yet talk about odd i mean talking about bigfoot is going to be strange enough but this weather is just completely bizarre yeah it's the new norm isn't it so let's talk about your interest in this particular topic at what point did you become interested in learning more and writing about bigfoot well five years ago i was hired you know i have a film production company and we do among other things documentary series for a company out of minneapolis and said, how would you like to do a series on uh, the Bigfoot phenomenon? Bigfoot is big big business. And so I said, okay, sure. And um, the point of view I took was, what's this all about? Um, I really had no earlier idea about Bigfoot. I hadn't encountered any. I don't think I even, well, I I didn't know anybody who, who had a Bigfoot experience, but I wasn't trying. So... I said about this project, it's called Chasing Bigfoot. You can, if you have Amazon Prime, you can uh, look it up and watch it. Um, So what what I discovered is that, uh, at least here and in Canada, there are a lot of people that have, you know, direct experiences of Bigfoot. And I interviewed a bunch of them. And my sense was they're quite ordinary people. Some of their Bigfoot experiences occurred early in life. Some occurred maybe five, ten years ago. But finally, there are these forums and gatherings of people where they can share their stories and not be ridiculed for saying, hey, I was I woke up one morning and looked out the window. And for a few minutes, I saw this, what I thought was a hairy ape moving around, and then it was gone. And other people had, had experiences that were slightly more mystical. Almost everybody somehow or another, were greatly impacted by their contact with uh, with Bigfoot. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of series where people are running around, have been on trying to find Bigfoot, but they don't really, not, none of them have actually found a Bigfoot. Have, barely have they ever recorded a Bigfoot. Um, 
so they're pretty elusive. And when I, uh, uh, so, so the majority of people that, that do Bigfoot research are in the camp of what you might call the flesh and blood hairy ape creature running around. And when I was done with the project, I came to the conclusion that people were having real experiences. But if they were real, they couldn't be a uh, flesh and blood hairy ape. And one of the people I talked to who would consider himself to be a Bigfoot researcher said he felt that these these creatures were alien in nature in some way. They might be interdimensional because a number of the characteristics that people reported were their ability to to shapeshift, to morph into orbs, to kind of be transparent in a way, weren't quite earthly. And, and of course, the major evidence are actually footprints. And by and large, the footprints start nowhere and go nowhere. They show up for four or five steps and then they're gone, which I had that, that ex, I had an experience like that up in my land in the mountains, Rocky Mountains, where these footprints showed up, went to a spot and disappeared, and the guy I was with you backtracked and they went to a tree and disappeared. So that kind of experience suggests that, that there's something unusual going on because, for example, you don't get any accounts of, uh, of bears or gorillas in Africa. You're watching them and all of a sudden they just sort of disappear. So in fact, there's no animals that you, people talk about that show any of these properties of Bigfoot. Um, and that, that's, that's how I got interested. It was by accident. And isn't that the paradox here? Um, and I kind of uh, mentioned it in my introduction in the first segment. We have people all over the world, really, but particularly concentrated in North America that have Bigfoot sightings, and they swear by them, and they're affected by these sightings in many ways, particularly emotionally. Yet getting some kind of hard evidence has been the most difficult and frustrating part of this whole search. We, we don't have a corpse. We don't have skeletons. We don't have um, enough hair samples. Some people claim they've got hair samples, but we don't have hair samples that have been able to demonstrate some type of foreign, I won't use the word alien because it'll be confusing, but foreign DNA that we can't identify or haven't identified yet. We don't have... Um, scat we don't have anything that we can point to definitively and say this can't be explained uh therefore this is uh, this is some type of hard evidence that supports the existence of this previously unrecorded species of animal and that's kind of the paradox isn't it it is so either these people who have those reports and there are thousands of them you know there are there's organizations that take in reports and investigate them, and they're in the thousands. And most, most of them, you know, turn out to be you know, quasi-believable. They did have an experience of something. So let's, let's suppose that they're real experiences of something. But what could they be? And as I said, I got the idea that these, that these creatures might be of alien origin in some way. And uh, I like writing novels, and I like thrillers, and I like near-future science fiction. So, and, I, and I also like the idea, what, what would it be like to encounter a non-human intelligence? Who would be really be able to contact, talk with them? And that issue is being raised right now with artificial intelligence, right? You get all these AIs that are based on this deep learning architecture, and they do all these wonderful predictions and do amazing things, but there's nobody really knows how they do what they do, and you can't ask them, they can't tell you. So assuming that, that if Bigfoot is of alien origin or all aliens, they're here, they probably are smarter, they are, they are undoubtedly smarter than us and have capabilities that are different than us. So, so the novel... You want to hear about the novel? Or well, we'll get there. We've, we've got a lot to talk about, so we'll get there. We only, we only have about a minute here before we have to go to break, so I don't want okay. to get there yet. Okay. But I do want to you know, point out that 
there are only a few possibilities here. And as you point, as you mentioned in the beginning of uh, of our discussion, the I guess accepted belief for a very long time has been that this is an undocumented species, flesh and blood, some kind of creature that exists among us. We just haven't been able to identify fully and uh, prove its existence in a physical way. And then recently, there's been more and more discussion about some type of possible interdimensional uh, creature that is visiting us and, and disappearing. Uh, through dimensional travel. And then there's the alien possibility as well, which could have an interdimensional aspect to it. Uh, are there any other possibilities? But those are the three that I see. Yeah, I think, I think that pretty sum, pretty well sums it up. I mean, the, the interdimensional aspect means they're not here all the time. They show up periodically whenever they so choose. The, the other thing is that they're some sort of alien species with extraordinary capabilities and, and, and they've been, these reports have been you know in, in legends of native people first nation people for going way back so if, they've probably been here for quite a while and if they're here and they're like everything else they're probably evolving and learning and probably studying us we're talking with Ronald Meyer tonight. Ronald is the author of a book, Bigfoot Singularity. And, Ron, you said that your introduction to all of this was after you had been tasked to create a uh, documentary series, right? Chasing Bigfoot? Yeah, for, it's on Amazon Prime. And, and from- it, it basically looked at the phenomena of, of Bigfoot. So um, I went out on these these night, night, night escapades looking for Bigfoot. Uh, it's... it's 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 a big business in a lot of ways. As you probably notice, it's used quite a bit in terms of advertising. You can sign up for weekend adventures where you sit around and in in with your family and go out uh, camping, and and then people will lead you out on Bigfoot hunts at night and uh, have talks. And there are lots lots of walks through all the woods throughout throughout the country. It's a, it's it's a pretty big business, and of course, kids love Bigfoot. You know, in a way, they kind of like dinosaurs. You know, except Bigfoot are a little more cuddly. You know, when you make uh, little cuddly Bigfoots. But what's when I when I finished the series, and I started writing the book. You know, I'm a I'm, I'm a filmmaker, so I, I proposed that I should go invest investigate as best I could this other side, this 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 uh, paranormal or paraphysical idea that that's the nature of Bigfoot and not probably not to my surprise but I quickly found out there's a whole nother camp of of Bigfoot investigators if you want to call them that who are pretty much devoted to the idea that Bigfoot happens to not be a, a hairy ape running around in the woods but has this other kind of elusive nature that's somehow alien or or interdimensional, as you as you mentioned, and so that 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 I got money and I was able to go out and and explore some of these possibilities with some of the people that are doing doing research. And should I tell you a little bit about that? Where would you, where would you like to go with well, that? Well, yeah, we'll get there in a minute. I want to ask more about what you did in with chasing Bigfoot. You said you went out with groups and and actually observed and I'm assuming filmed uh, some of these efforts to uh, cite. A Bigfoot creature? Yeah, I sure did. Did you have any experiences um, when you went out with them? Did 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 you were you able to capture anything um, that uh, that convinced you of something? So there, there were two experiences that that maybe had some possibility. Are you familiar with the concept of wood knocks? Yes. Uh, people take a heavy stick and yep. Wrap a tree, and that's sort of a way of announcing that you're here to these these creatures or calling them, if you like. And if they if they like that, they might respond back to you mm-hmm. with a similar sort of sound. And in one instance, we we were really in the middle of nowhere with nobody around. We actually got a reply from a couple of woodknocks. We got that. We were able to record that that audio. Um, in another case, that was in the Rocky Mountains, and then down in the Ozarks, 
we were, I got some of the worst chiggers I ever got in my life, but uh, <laughs> it was terrible. But we did find what might be footprints of Bigfoot. Like I said, the, you rarely find more than yeah. two, three, four footprints. And as they say, they, they sort of appear out of nowhere and then disappear back into nowhere. It's not... Um, those were the only two experiences that we had that I would say came even close to making any kind of contact. Before you uh, went into making this particular series, uh, did you have any opinion one way or the other about Bigfoot? Not at all. So, you know, I have a science background. Uh, and, of course, I do a lot of, have done a lot of legitimate reporting. I'm I'm a documentarian, so I was taking that approach. What is this about? Um, and, and I had a good open mind. So, yeah, that was the way I approached it. And uh, it wasn't something that you had a particularly uh, uh, strong interest in, um, but after you went through the process of creating the documentary f- series, uh, did it pique your interest? Did it make you curious about this phenomenon? Is that why you um, went on to study and write about this? Absolutely. Well, particularly the alien aspect. I've, you know, ever since I was a kid, I was quite interested in the possibility of alien life. You know, I was one of these kids that was always looking to the sky and made my own telescope and hoping for contact. But then, you know, as I as I got older, I kind of sort of lost that interest um, in a passionate way. Anyhow, I read a lot of science fiction. I love science fiction movies. You mentioned that so, you mentioned that uh, you were kind of comparing a Bigfoot creature like uh, something that kids are interested in, like dinosaurs. I think there's an innate innate um, curiosity, particularly among. Uh, kids, you know, as they get into their preteen and teenage years about anything that is awfully mysterious. And I'd have to say things that we talk about in this program, including Bigfoot, fall into that category of being very, very mysterious. Um, is it the mystery that draws us to this discussion? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's elusive. You know, everybody would like to find it. And then when they do have that, that contact, they're not quite sure. Some of them motivates them to, to say, what in the hell was that? And others keep quiet about it. And some, some of them, you know, I can get it. Can, can I raise kind of what I discovered? Um, so if you, want, if you want to, one way to look at this, let's say there are people that report a Bigfoot running across the road. Right. Or you're out, you're out hiking, and one all of a sudden something emerges from behind a tree, looks at you for a while, and then disappears. And there's two ways of approaching that 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 encounter. What one way is that you were lucky. There was a bigfoot running around. Let's say you know the way you might see a deer alongside the road. Or if you're really really lucky, you know you're in Yellowstone and you spot a grizzly bear and. Uh, that grizzly bear just happened to be along the road where you were, or you were selected to be exposed by the Bigfoot briefly for an encounter. So it wasn't an accident, and it wasn't your choice. You were being chosen to have that experience. What do you think of that? I think that creates a whole new paradigm. That's that's pretty much where where all this 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 uh, investigating on my part has has come down to is that is that these things aren't accidental. And my my parallel investigation for the movie that I'm doing, which is called the Bigfoot Alien Connection Revealed, is that I wanted to catch up again on where where are we in terms of um, normal alien investigations, you know, the old UFOs. Uh, so to, to make the film work, I said, well, how, how's that been going? And, of course, you're familiar with the Fermi's Paradox, right? Of course, yes. The idea that, hey, they should be here, especially if they had 300 million years of 
jump on us. That's right. <laughs> which is certainly possible. And, and again, of course, von Neumann, one of the great physicists and minds of the 20th century, said, well, they'd probably make little robots if they're biological based, and they would start moving out into the galaxy, and, and they would grow and develop and develop new ways of moving along, and they could easily cover in 300 million years the whole galaxy, pretty much, replicating themselves, exploring. So they're probably here. What what form are they in? And uh, one of the one of the forms might very well be these these creatures that appear in some ways, perhaps shape-shifting, into other forms that, um, you, know, you know, some of the accounts of fairies and other things, but they weren't called Bigfoot. Like, if you're in Britain, you almost never have any Bigfoot encounters. They have other kind of creatures that are a little more acceptable right. to the person. And one of the ideas that came out of this, this research is that when they select you, they're kind of testing to see how you respond if you respond well, you'll probably have another one and another one. And they might not, not all be Bigfoot. There might be all, there might be other kinds of paranormal experiences, almost like they're preparing us for something. It's interesting you say that because there are times when we'll have someone on the program who has had a Bigfoot encounter, an alien encounter, uh, maybe a chupacabra type encounter, or uh, you know, whatever, a list of things. And we call those people paranormal magnets. Um, your explanation and your uh, your conclusion, as you just outlined it, kind of offers an explanation for what those people may be uh, experiencing. Yes. How about you? Have you had any? I have not had a Bigfoot nor an alien encounter. I've had plenty of ghost experiences uh, during ghost investigations, but not not an alien or Bigfoot encounter. I've I've wanted to, you know, it's one of those things that as we're in this business, we hope we have the chance to experience that, but I haven't. Well, um, what was a number of people who have been doing this is, are saying that all these paranormal or paraphysical phenomena are all part of a certain kind. And maybe the point would be to start studying them together as, as one thing. Yeah, I think there's some wisdom to that. I want to go back to your uh, research because you you gave me what uh, where you arrived as you did this research and had these conversations and and investigated these encounters. Um, but how did it start? What did you go out and 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 search for people that had 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 an encounter and just have conversations with them? Are you talking about for for chasing Bigfoot or the movie? Either either way, I guess I'm more interested in the movie because I think that's where you you know you you uh, talk about the alien connection uh, more thoroughly. Uh, so therefore, I guess that's what we'd be talking about. So so one of the things I did was was I I wanted to interview some of the the better known people who you know are, are well known like Stanton Friedman. You probably heard of him, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, I did the last on camera interview with him. I interviewed Nick Pope, who for a while was sort of in charge of the British version of Project Blue Book. So I wanted to talk to a few of those people and see what, what they thought. Um, Friedman said, oh, I think they put the heavy lifting for something else that's here. That was his hit on, on Bigfoot. Um, but my my idea was to, to go, besides talking to these people and seeing what their perspective was on this. And, of course, the, the release of that, that footage from the um, from from the ATAP program of yeah. those uh, Navy airplanes tracking. Yeah, yeah the Tic Tac videos, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the unidentified, unexplained aerial phenomena, I think is the term they use now. And they, they broadened their um, research into any kind of any any kind of alien contact. So it wasn't just aerial phenomena, but vortexes and places where paranormal events were occurring. So my, my approach was to, to go to places where it is, it's been known that, that Bigfoot and other paranormal, paraphysical events are occurring around the same area, maybe not in the same night, but over a period of time, maybe 
maybe even years. So the first place I went to was Dulce, New Mexico. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. It's it's on the border of Colorado and New Mexico. For a long, there were, there were reports that it's it's on an Apache reservation, so access is is a little bit difficult. But mm-hmm. there are reports of an alien, uh, deep state kind of joint project there, and people were seeing all these strange aerial phenomena. Reports of Bigfoot and and lots of orbs. Orbs are another thing that a lot of people connect to Bigfoot. Have you seen any orbs? You might have seen those in your in your um, ghost investigations. I've seen things that uh, people claim to be orbs. Uh, I haven't seen an orb that has impressed me, to be honest with you. So no, no direct experience. Not like that, no. Not not with something that I can look at and say, call it an orb and say, that is a, a phenomenon I can't explain. Okay. So so we went down to Dulce, which is, uh, you know, what I, what you would call a paranormal hotspot. That's what these places are being called. And uh, we were able to find a father-son team, a guy who, had used, who was a police, policeman on the reservation and his son, and they had a kind of typical Bigfoot experience, which is a feeling of being watched, that something's watching you as you're going through the mm-hmm. through the woods or along the river. And sometimes there's an extraordinary smell associated with, with let's say, the invisible Bigfoot, but the presence. Mm-hmm. And both the father and son had had that experience, and that has motivated them to to try and have a direct contact with 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 the Bigfoot. And of course they all they they also had seen these weird lights that are pretty common there. Um and and they they after a while, you know, native people are kind of reluctant to talk and tell stories, but eventually they opened up and we got to talk to almost everybody every adult there had some sort of paranormal experience to de- that they were able to describe. Which was quite amazing. He asked him, "Would you like to go on camera and talk about it?" Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. But yeah. What we, fi- we finally found a person who, who just was sort of like the count, town crier of the reservation. People would bring the stories to him, and he he was more than willing to describe a number of experiences. So we got a bit of that of stuff from him. Uh, we we went on we went on a Bigfoot hunt with. With the uh, father and son, uh, no no real results, although they did have a nice print from the area we went to. Unlike most Bigfoot hunters, uh, they were armed at the teeth. <laughs> um, the, the the father had captured an, an aerial, an unexplained aerial phenomena on a cell phone, and it was, it was pretty credible, and you'll see that in the movie. But... He, uh, the, the, the place where the base, the alien base supposedly is, is Archuleta Mountain. And, uh, this is in the middle of nowhere. And everybody talked about all the black helicopters that the, the military people who were in extraordinary combat gear, just way too much, uh, military activity for a place that's in the middle of nowhere. Visit our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. It's J.V. Johnson on YouTube. Just search for it. You'll find it. We live stream there. Plus, we upload bonus content, and there is an archive, a library of back episodes of Beyond Reality Radio. Some great interviews there, and it's all free. Just go to YouTube, search for J.V. Johnson, subscribe to the channel, click the notification icon to make sure you're alerted when we upload new content or we live stream. Also, find us on Facebook. It's Beyond Reality Radio and also J.V. Johnson. Love to have you part of those groups as well. Our guest again, Ronald Meyer, is the author of a book, Bigfoot Singularity, and we're talking about Bigfoot. We're talking about the elusive nature of this particular creature and maybe some explanation for that elusive nature. Ron, when you set out to uh, create the uh, write the book, um, you, you did a lot of research, and you started to come to some conclusions. 
And those conclusions led you to believe there's an alien connection to the Bigfoot phenomena. Um, were you completely convinced of that as you began writing this particular book, or do you still have doubts? Uh, when I wrote the novel, it was more, more, more along the lines of this is an exciting kind of story I want to tell. I was, I wouldn't, I, I had no experience myself, and I hadn't really talked to the um, that camp of people who, you know, I have been studying the alien aspect of Bigfoot. It was only when I got into the movie part that uh, I became much more convinced. So tell us about the novel. This is, of course. Uh, uh as you said, a novel, a, a fictional account, but you draw on all this research and this, these experiences that you've had shared with you. So tell us about the book itself. So uh, the premise is, is that these, these Bigfoot have been here for 40,000 years. They've been evolving and learning. That's their, as far as we can tell, that's, that's what their mission is. They reproduce sort of like, like uh, by 3D printing. They don't have sexual reproduction. And, an event is is being called forth by, and they live in clans, and distributed throughout the world in the country. And there's there's a call to create a new evolutionary step that will finally connect them to their interdimensional origins, and it's going to take place in the, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Are you ever familiar with that? I haven't been uh, there, but I know there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of reports of sightings in that particular area. Yeah, and it's a, it's mostly wooded, and there aren't many people there. It's, it's kind of a depressed area. But I've been collecting fossils up there for a while, so I was quite familiar with the, the landscape. So these these the uh, the different one of the premises is that the, the different clans have developed different capabilities paranormal, paraphysical capabilities, and they're going to bring members from five different clans, and they're going to create, they're all going to merge in the vortex and create a, a new baby Bigfoot, and, and like all other things, it, it has to grow and learn. It just doesn't come out full-blooded, intelligent creature. And so there are three forces in play that in relationship to this event and the Bigfoot. One, one of them is in the form of a Russian oligarch who got his information originally from a Bigfoot they captured up um, in Siberia. And he wants, like a lot of people want to do, they want to, if there is alien technology, they want to control it. It'll give them a leg up. Um, there's another group whose main objective is to wipe them off the face of the earth. And then there's a third group, which is sort of our heroes. Our hero is a, a high-tech venture capitalist who's interested in artificial intelligence, and he's drawn into it because his artificial intelligence that lives in a computer or bank of computers tells him that these Bigfoot most likely are of alien origin, and that piques his interest. And it all comes together with these three forces converging in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan either to wipe them out, capture the technology, or help them uh, move the, uh, the evolutionary step forward. And it takes place basically in three days of action. And the good guys win, but <laughs> how they win is quite interesting. The now, good guys are the ones that allow them to reproduce. Is the film project based on the novel? Not really. It's it's a straight out kind of documentary, almost no style. Okay. Because I wanted to to approach it that way. So, so can I just finish one other story related yeah, sure. to the reservation? And let me give you the other three places we went to. Absolutely. Where we go. Uh, so, so the office, the ex officer, one night stopped a van racing through the reservation. There's one road, and they were inside driving the van were two military people in full ops gear. And uh, he said there was. He said he never told anybody until recently about the experience, and that there was a cage in the back. And I said, "What was in the cage?" And he said, "They told me never to tell anybody what was in the cage." And uh, the ops people said, "Just forget about this." And he sent them on their way. So I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. The next place we went to was was the Montana vortex, where a guy named Joe Hauser 
who believes in paranormal Bigfoot, has this place, which is a tourist attraction, with some weird gravitational effects. He's, he's identified five or six vortexes on this property, which have healing aspects. So you probably heard about that kind of phenomena. But he, he also says that he has he can capture there are orbs there that show up quite re- quite regularly. And there's a mountain nearby where he sees um, unexplained aerial phenomena occur. So we thought that would be a good place to check this idea of these paranormal hot spots. Um, in the at night, they have these. Uh, Joe and his wife have these cameras that shoot infrared film, uh, shots. You know, mm-hmm. digital shots. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they captured orbs around us, and it's hard to explain. We didn't. I didn't feel anything. Nobody else felt anything. But if we did, went through a one-second series of pictures, one of them took. We were in the pictures. The orbs were started with none, then a few, and then a lot. And uh, they had other shots with orbs. We, with our infrared gear, did not pick up anything. But you know, when you see the movie, you'll see the sequence of shots they captured with it with orbs all around us, which was quite interesting. But but Joe says he's in constant contact with some Bigfoot that's been there for a long time. And there's this thing called the House of Mystery, which has these strange gravitational effects. And as as he was in there talking about that the Bigfoot likes to come in there, we were filming from, from outside the shooting into the building, and I couldn't see what I was shooting. But later on, but he's saying the Bigfoot likes to come in here. Have you seen the clip I put up on YouTube? Yeah, I did. So you saw that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, there's no explanation how that thing could be that bright in that frame, in that sequence, that three minutes. It's brighter than the, the dappling of the sun, and the sun's shining the other way. So it would be backlit normally, not lit. You know, front lit with the sun right. shining down on it. Right. And uh, so the irony of ironies is that Bigfoot actually showed itself, but it showed itself as a tiny little thing rather than a mm. eight foot hairy creature, which is telling you something about uh, their capabilities. If that's in fact what it was, and I, I understand that somebody could CGI that with some difficulty, but uh, I'm telling you right now, we didn't do that. That's real. Well, um, we have to go to break here in just a minute, but uh, this whole idea that there's an alien connection to Bigfoot and their shapeshifters, um, I guess the first question I would have is, what are they doing here? If there's if, if their intention is to remain so elusive, why why, why be here? What, what are they doing here? Stunning us. It's all about learning about us? That's, that seems to be the consensus. You know, it's, it's kind of like when we study, let's say, bears in the wild, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we, we study them, we change their environment, we anesthetize them, put collars on them. We do all these things, right, to try and figure out how they behave, what, they're, what they re- relate to, you know, what their habits are, uh, change their environment, see what they do. It seems to be something like that. Does the film project have a title, Ron? It does. It's uh, the Bigfoot Alien Connection Revealed. And how f- we're, we're just about we're just about wrapping it up in the next couple of weeks, and and there's a distributor out of New York who will bring it out in whatever form they see fit. But you know, we have the capability to screen it for people who might be interested, or maybe sell some DVD copies. But largely, it's, it'll probably be a streaming product on Amazon or Hulu or Netflix, one of those places. Kind of everything is these days, isn't it? It's changing, man. It's changing. <laughs> well, I've seen yeah. a lot of changes in my day. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was a pretty big day in the streaming world. Disney Plus went live, and uh, I guess they had something like 10 million subscribers in the first day. It melted their system down. Uh, it was so popular. Um, it's kind of, we've turned we've turned a major corner in video entertainment. Absolutely. The streaming wars have begun. It's another good time for people to create content. And the last one was the early days of DVD. 
Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about uh, about this connection of Bigfoot to aliens, and particularly orbs. What is the orb angle? Are we suggesting here that whatever these creatures are, and they can that they can shape shift from a Bigfoot type creature to a smaller type creature to whatever else, they can also um, take the form of an orb? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, that seems to be the idea. People have reported seeing them actually. Um, transform into these orbs and move move across the sky across across the um you know the, the land you, yeah. are you familiar with with finding big, bigfoot with those boys that ran around for about 6 years mhm yeah did you ever talk to any of the the hosts we haven't had any of those folks on the program so when when they did that series i did an interview with bobo he was kind of the goofy guy right um, he said that the series, of course, they were they were, they were not they were told not to find Bigfoot because that'd be the end of the series, of course. <laughs> um, but they they could not bring up anything paranormal or paraphysical. It had to be a hairy ape, and he de- he described one situation where the whole crew watched, listened to what you would. He normally think was a large creature moving across the field in front of them, you know, kind of crunching, stepping. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was holding an orb as it moved. Interesting. And he said there were multiple experiences like that, but they could not, you know, put them on the show because that wasn't the, the thrust of the show. Does the orb phenomenon and some of the shape-shifting phenomena indicate to you um, that th- there's a possibility there's some spiritual aspect to this? A lot of people believe that, that their contacts are spiritual, that it's transformational, kind of like a kundalini experience. And I think there's a lot of reports of of, of alien contact that's, that's quite, it's not like abductions, it's, a, it's more like a mind-to-mind sort of contact experience. There's a a lot of people that are that will report that. This is these are some of the things that came up as I was doing my research and investigating, talking to people. By the way, you ask good questions. I'm usually on the other side of the <laughs> question. Oh, thank so you. For me to be here and having to explain myself. Yeah, well, oh, thank you for that. Um we we've got about a minute here before we have to take another break, sadly. But um as I, as I consider these things that you're talking about, and I think about a possible spiritual component or an interdimensional component or possibly this alien connection, um, all of these start to explain uh, some of these longstanding questions that the Bigfoot searching community has had. Have these ideas started to become accepted among that community? Slowly. And the key thing is that you've been selected to have these. They're not chance. All right, let's so get, let's talk about That's that. Yeah, let's talk about that specific point. Do you have any idea why certain people would be chosen if this is the case, and um, what the mechanism by which someone is chosen chosen is? No, you know, can I can I tell you my own experience? Please do. Yes. Uh, so this summer I was up in the uh, Olympic Peninsula area in Washington, and I was driving to do. An interview with um, Ron Moorhead, who <clears throat> do you know who he is? Yes, he's Recorded been yeah he's been on the program before. Yep. Sarah Sounds. He was doing a book signing, and the people that were organizing it said, "If you come here, you can get some contact stories from women." Because I got a, had a lot of uh, white manly men who had these experiences with Bigfoot. I needed a few women to you know make the mix work. And as I'm driving along 101 up there. Ahead of me, across the divide, a giant white werewolf creature appeared out of nowhere. It was very fluid, about the size of a horse. And it looked at me, and I can see it right now, turned and headed back down the road, from which it might have come if it were actually, didn't just materialize. And, and as it did, it sort of shape shifted into a human form, still quite large. Wow. So that blew me away. It just just blew me away. If I were, if I, you know, had no experience before, <clears throat> if I were to have an experience, the last thing I would have thought it would be like that. 
And when I got to the group that were at the book signing, they said, well, have you had any experience yourself? I said, not really until an hour ago. <laughs> so I told them, and it turns out that some of the Native people, this was at a casino run by Native people, um, were had been seeing the same same thing and made their hair stand up on end. They'd been seeing, the, they'd have this same experience uh, contemporary to you having it, or is it more of, uh, was in their legends? No, recently. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I wasn't scared. I, I was, in some ways, I was thrilled. And I asked one of the people who was experienced in this, I said, what, what do you make of that, my experience? And he said, I think, you know, this is a sign that they're pleased with what you're doing, that they condense to what the feature I'm doing, letting people know about this this idea. So you you were you were chosen for that encounter, um, yeah. And and the, and the idea is that you were chosen because they wanted to send a message to you saying that they were pleased with your work. That's what the guy said. Interesting. What do you Weird, think? Huh? What do you think? I mean, do you feel like when when you when you obviously you were startled or surprised by what you saw, but did you get any sense of any other type of connection, um, you know, whether it was some type of uh, spiritual connection or, uh, you know, you know, maybe the hair standing up on on the back of your neck, any other type of energy connect to you when you had that experience? Not really. I mean, I was, in some sense, I was overjoyed in a way, in an odd way. Sure. Because um, it was, I've never had anything like that before or since. Well, that's that's a pretty remarkable experience to be your first and your only. Um, uh, you know, we, it'd be one thing to see a Bigfoot, but you, but a werewolf type creature, particularly a white one, that's a pretty rare type of encounter. So I'm told. Yes, indeed. And you haven't had anything happen since, whether it's uh, something you've seen in the sky or uh, any other kind of contact. I, I had one other experience. Um... I was out walking my dog, and I don't know if you've heard any of those Sarah sounds, but they're kind of unearthly, almost human, animal. Mm-hmm. And something like that was in the like in the trees, but I couldn't see anything. And I heard it probably, and it was moving. And as I was moving, people who well, I was walking between two houses in a little drainage area, and they came out of their house, they heard the same thing, and everybody was looking and couldn't find it, and eventually it stopped. So that was sort of like a second experience. Wow. Again, really strange that you couldn't see it, and the sound was like nothing I ever heard before. Obviously, Loud. Yeah, obviously this whole idea needs a lot more uh, investigation and research. How do you think the best way forward is here to try to either prove or disprove some of these ideas? Well, for, first of all, you should probably decide that you, you're open to having these experiences. So, that the, you know, the, to be open to them. And I guess they're going to occur at the time and place they want to show you these things. And if your reaction is probably one of horror or whatever, you won't have any more because they're, they're habituating you to these experiences. This is a, what people think is going on, like Joe Hauser, who, who um, runs the House of Mystery that I told you about. Mm-hmm. You know, he and his wife have these weird things going on all the time, and uh, they're quite happy with them, content with them. And there was some rattling of the house, and the wife said, stop it, and then they stopped it. And, uh, and there's more and more of these these kinds of continuous experiences that people are reporting, and they do seem to be clustered at these, what you would call hot spots. And so if I were to investigate something next and do another thing, I would start looking at these hot spots and seeing what they're about. And then other people say that you could open up portals if you want to, and you'll start having these experiences. If you have one, try, try and say, I, I want to contact, I want to keep going. Want to keep keep uh, interacting with you, whatever you are. 
Strange, huh? Yeah, and, and as we as we consider this whole alien connection idea, we have to bring into the conversation the um, idea that the government, whether it's the U.S. government, whether it's the United Nations or it's other foreign governments, um, have knowledge of this. Have, did you come across any indication that uh, that any government agency has knowledge of either alien presence or the, take it a step further, this connection between alien and Bigfoot? I talked to one one woman who was a longtime radar military radar operator, and she went on camera under the condition that you know I would do this thing where I'd change her voice and not let it sure. just create a silhouette. And she has, she she talked about lots of t- lots of encounters. My nephew was a colonel in the Air Force and was the uh, head of security at Vandenberg. You familiar with Vandenberg? Of course, yeah. Where they launch all the satellites and stuff. So I asked him about UF unidentified APs because he would know, right? Sure. And he sent back a text on his private phone, not not his super secret phone or his base phone. He said, "Believe." Hmm. What's next for you? Uh, right now, I mean, in terms of production or in terms of this You're, fin- you're finishing up this particular film, um, and uh, are you going to continue researching this particular topic, or do you have another project in mind? I, I would like to. I'm, I'm writing a follow-up book called The Bigfoot Revelation, because I've learned a lot. I can... Um, what, what happens to the Bigfoot as it starts to, to uh, grow and bring in some of this other stuff that I didn't understand about all these alien contacts and alien phenomena that I I discovered in making the film. I'm actually doing a a series on chronic diseases brought about by eating too much sugar, if you Ooh. to put it simply. The obesity diabetes epidemic. Hmm. I, I don't do I think I'd be afraid to watch that. <laughs> huh? Given my diet, I think I might be afraid to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the number of people that are fat, if you just wander around, particularly in certain parts of the country, people are just huge. And it's going to be a big problem because as they get older, these diseases are a bitch. And they're expensive. And uh, and it's almost as if, you know, we had polio and nobody paid any attention to it. Right. But Um, But there are political reasons. It's sort of like smoking. We have uh, yeah. We're we're basically out of time here, Ron. Uh, once again, let people know where they can get the book and where they can keep an eye out for the film when it's released. Uh, the, the book you can just go to Amazon and Google it or Barnes and Noble, Bigfoot Singularity, and I would appreciate people to buy a copy and write a nice five star review. Of course, yeah. Um, I mean that's the dream of every author. The uh, I can let you know when the, when the movie's done, if you like. Um, stay in touch, and uh, yeah, and I can tell you where it's going to go because I don't know because the distributor will right. control where it goes. Okay, yeah, that's a great idea. You've got um, our, our producer's contact information, so let uh, him know, and uh, once we have that information, we'll pass it along. But it's been a really thought provoking and, and quite interesting discussion, Ron, and I appreciate not only you spending the time with it, but uh, time with us, but the work you've done on this. It's it's great work. Yeah, I mean, this is all kind of new, and I think it's new to, to a lot of people, this idea that you're being chosen. That is, and, a, uh, that is a completely new idea to me, and uh, I think it's the first time we've talked about it on this program. So good luck. Thank you very much, and again, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, again, Ronald Meyer, and uh, the book is called Bigfoot Singularity. We will let you know when and where uh, you can watch uh, the film as it gets finished and is released, most likely on a streaming service. But we will we'll let you know for sure. Some very interesting perspective on the uh, Bigfoot discussion. Um, the idea that you're chosen for these encounters and the idea that this that the Bigfoot creature is an alien or interdimensional cre- uh, creature connection, whatever, you ha- whatever uh, it is, uh, that has been discussed previously and it seems to be getting a lot more attraction. Um, but a few years ago, I guess it was like two years ago now. I'd have to I'd have to look back. We had a, a, a Bigfoot discussion. We had a phone caller, uh, which turned out to be a rather entertaining call. And the the 
gentleman's name was Duncan Fruel. He ended up being a regular caller and, and uh, involved in the show a little bit. But I thought it was worthwhile to go back into the archives and bring that uh, call and play it for you. So this is uh, Duncan Fruel calling after we had a conversation of big about Bigfoot on Beyond Reality Radio. On hold that wanted to chat with him, too. But let's go to the phone lines right now. Let's see. This is uh, um, Duncan from Boston. Duncan, welcome to uh, Beyond Reality Radio. Yeah, long-time uh, caller, first-time listener. Um, uh, okay. A little <laughs> I think it might be backwards. but And i got to tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm really upset. Uh-huh. And you got this whole thing going on about the the Cisco, the, the Bigfoot, and I gotta tell you, you guys say the big plural, plural of the Bigfoot big is Bigfoot. Bigfoots. Big yeah. I gotta tell you, you are all wrong. It's not big. Is the alcohol telling you that? Bigfootsis? Bigfootsis. Bigfootsis. Yeah. Um, okay. Instead of Bigfoots, yeah. is what you're saying. I have researched this forever. Uh huh. Because I have been a big plural fanatic, <laughs> and it's big footsis. Okay, well, so like I've never bo- heard that before. Of, yeah, vodkas or. Vodka? <laughs> hey, I if, and I gotta tell you something else. I'm gonna be listening. Okay. And you guys better get it right from from this point forward. Did he say lipping? Forward. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, we'll do listening our listening or lipping. We'll I, I get the footsis. Big footsis. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Have a drink on me. Hey, yeah, okay, hold on. Before we go, oh, God. how many spirits does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many spirits does it take yeah, to screw in a light bulb? You no idea. Yeah, no go idea. Ahead. Come on. Yeah, well, you give me a couple of bottles of Jack, and I'll yeah. screw anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, okay. young up! Wow, he's <laughs> <laughs> an idiot. Um, okay, wow. You gotta, oh, yeah, wow. so that was our conversation with Duncan Full. But what do you think? Is it big? Big foots? Is big foots or big? big is big feet. foot? Is big? No, it's not big feet. That can't be the plural of Bigfoot mm-hmm. because then you're implying the you know it's your right, plural. You're right, pluralizing right. the feet, Bigfoots. not the creature. Bigfootuses. Bigfootuses is what, <laughs> what uh, Duncan claims. Well, uh, is it Pegasuses or? Pegasi. Uh, that I don't know, but we're not talking about Pegasus. We're talking about Bigfoot. Bigfoots. Is I, it Bigfoots or is it Bigfootses? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should. I probably should have asked Ron that. Uh, right. But I think actually in his in his uh, the bio information he sent to us, he uses the word Bigfoot as also plural. Right. One Bigfoot, two Bigfoots. No, one Bigfoot, two Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Like deer. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of fish, did you read this uh, story that um, the use of these um, antidepressant drugs like Prozac are leaching into our water and it's making fish less aggressive, less able to uh, defend against predators? Huh. And um, I guess they're feeding less, and they're therefore they're reproducing less, and they're blaming uh, these uh, antidepressant drugs on that. Wow! It didn't take us long to, to screw everything up, did it? Well, I don't. I mean, we keep hearing these stories. I'm not sure how you know how much science is behind them. I don't know right, if they're. Right. If, but I mean, it's obviously something to look into. Hmm. But um, um, you know, we have for a long time we've we've been talking about antibiotic. Uh, medications being found in our water sure. and microbeads in a lot of ways that's tied to agriculture mm-hmm. and uh, particularly uh, you know dairy cattle and stuff um, antibiotics are used extensively f- in in that type of work so sure. uh, that's probably a good discussion for uh, this show at some point get somebody on that knows a little bit about that certainly yeah yeah all right, so tomorrow night we are going to be talking about what here? We've got Greg Doyle. He's an author and an astral traveler. Now, have have you ever had a conversation with anybody about astral projection and astral travel? I haven't, but I've done it. You've actually done it? I have. Consciously? I mean, did you intend to do that? I or, didn't, yeah. no. Okay. Hmm. Oh. Um, I, I, I may have been sick, feverish, mm-hmm. but I distinctly recall looking down at myself lying in my bed. Uh, it was brief, okay. but it happened. Interesting. Uh, we'll be talking to Greg tomorrow night about how to separate our astral bodies from our physical bodies in order to explore the universe. We've had a few guests 
talking about this topic in the past. Uh, Friday night at Best Of, of course, and I'm really excited about Dee Wallace being here Monday night. Mm-hmm. Dee is a fascinating and sweetheart of a woman. Uh, a great actress has done so much work. And uh, I didn't even realize she had this other kind of part of her life where she's an author and a healer. And she'll be talking about conscious creation and how to live a better life. Well, in the list of TV appearances, it reads like the, the you know, a list of the best TV shows um, from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Stuff like L.A. Law, Ally McBeal. I mean, all this, all this stuff. Yep. She's done a tremendous amount of work. 250 uh, film and TV credits on her IMDb, so it's pretty cool stuff. All right, that'll be Monday night's program. For now, that's going to do it. We will talk to you all tomorrow night. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Thanks for being here. Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.Taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.